And we're back. And better than ever. And better than ever. We've uh, minus one. Minus one. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Welcome to Fourth and Dirty, episode number thirty-nine, quarantine edition number three, I believe. Yes, number yeah, number three. So, yeah. It is April thirteenth, and as you've already heard, we're down a man. Evan, uh, unfortunately, is not going to be able to make it. Such is life. But as always, we must keep moving on, and move on we shall do. Mm-hmm. So how you doing, buddy? How's uh how's the quarantine life going for you? I have gone through a lot of my snack stockpile now. Oh god, uh, yeah. We are down to our last couple bags, so we're probably gonna do another uh run and gun. Oh for sure. Through the uh grocery aisles later this week. Um other than that, not a whole lot has been going on. Catching mm-hmm. up on more shows, obviously. Oh yeah. Any 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 good new any uh good ones? Um, still trudging through Adventure Time. Nice, very um, nice. Man, there's like a there's like a stretch of like two or three seasons that are like fifty goddamn episodes long. <laughs> oh, yep, yep. Oh man, and a lot of times nothing happens. Yeah, it's like oh, there was this one episode where it was like it was just about a cat. Fox Kingdom episode. And ah, yes. Yep. That could have been less like watching paint dry could have been more productive. Whoa. But, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there was like obviously nothing happened in terms of the plot. But um, yeah, Adventure Time's known for that. They'll like put several episodes in a row that are like, are these really relevant to the overall story arc? And they usually aren't. And then you're like, oh, and then something, and then like two episodes of. The most intense emotional shit you can handle. It's like, uh, God, God, just like, like, like it's like jerky around. That just seems to be their mo. <laughs> I mean, didn't uh, didn't like a lot of the the animators and stuff go on to do Steven Universe? Um, I think around the beginning of season five, a big chunk of them left for ah. Steven Universe. Yeah, like Rebecca Sugar and Ian Thomas. Oh shit! All right, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> Yeah, over here at a uh, studio headquarters, uh, Max the Fantasy Cat and I have just been hanging out, doing our thing. A lot of Animal Crossing. I uh, like you, new TV shows. I started a uh, community. That's pretty pretty good so far. It's got a it's pretty funny, at least uh, something different, you know. Yeah. Better than talking about Tiger King all day long. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Absolutely uh, fucking yeah. crazy. Apparently, show. a new episode came out or something. I'm, I don't even. Yeah, I did. Uh, I did actually. I've watched it, but I don't want to like give anything away because they. It's a different format. They fil- they filmed it during our qu- current quarantine, so it's all like video calls between it's uh, Joe McHale and pretty much the whole cast except for Joe, obviously. Yeah, and they kind of just do like Q and A follow ups, but they they drop some stuff in there that wasn't in the documentary, and you're like, what the fuck? This is crazy, oh, man. Yeah, so definitely it's it's a little Wait. it's a little clunkier, but it's still it's still worth the the watch if you're like just into the Tiger King stuff right now. Flag. Yep. But speaking of uh fucking crazy shit, let's get into the NFL news. Off the top of the board, Brandon Cooks has been traded to the Texans and a fourth round pick for a second round pick. I guess uh Brandon Cooks greater than DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. Um I actually in terms of fantasy, Brandon Cooks is actually relevant now. 
Yes. Um, well, you know, greater picture, obviously, Bill O'Brien, quite an idiot. Trading oh, Brandon for sure. Cooks, like the big picture, basically swapping Brandon Cooks for DeAndre Hopkins yeah. for and maybe an extra fourth round pick. Yeah. Um, that Ter- was terrible. Pretty business insane and asinine. But I w- I do like this move for Brandon Cooks because now instead of being the maybe second or third option right. in uh, L.A. He can now be essentially force-fed be, being the first option over in uh, Houston right? for about four weeks until he gets another injury. <laughs> until he gets um, that, that sixth concussion? Yeah, I think Bill O'Brien is trying to, trying to create the best-of-all-time IR wide receiver. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, Brandon Cooks was out for a while last year. And, uh, oh, that might be an early show title. Best of all time, <laughs> IR receivers. <laughs> and, oh, uh, God. I mean, Kenny Stills, he was he was okay. And then with Wolf or you never know when his hamstring will explode on you. But as long as, you know, it's always with this asterisk. As long as he's healthy. Exactly. I think he'll be fine. Um, I think he'll also be kind of almost a trap as well because he could obviously come do nothing oh for sure this all time there um which is really sad but um you know i would take him for like maybe maybe like a sixth rounder yeah it's really going to depend on where where his draft stock ends up by the time we roll around you know to august and september because if he floats you know into like a third fourth round i'm off i'm not i'm not touching it because, like you said, it could be a trap. It could either blow up in your yeah. face, or you could get hurt. But yeah, for like, yeah, for guys, for guys who are like us who like to value our running backs in mm-hmm. the first couple rounds, like us taking him in the third or fourth round, possibly being our wide receiver one, too that's rich, almost too. that just spells disaster. Yeah, but uh, you know, lots of stress looking for the waiver wire wide receiver if exactly. he goes down. Yeah, and mm-hmm. if um. If it on the positive side, let's say it does work out. Our our best examples are his first year, a couple years with the Saints, and then his year with the Patriots, which is he's a thousand yard, six touchdown kind of guy, which is pretty good. If you, like you said, if we can get that in the sixth round, sign me up all day. But I don't know the guarantee because he hasn't done that in two years. You know, granted, like you said, Rams offense got buried in the depth chart. So hopefully, like you said, he gets force-fed and, and things work out, but only time will tell. Only time will tell. All righty. Um, just today, as of today, before the show, Christian McCaffrey signs a four-year extension for $16 million a year. Obviously, um, it, it is yeah. the largest running back contract ever, bar none. We knew this was going to happen at some point in time. I just didn't think it was going to be now in April. I, I, <laughs> I don't remember if I said it last week or the week before, but I was like, they gotta do, they gotta sign him as soon as possible. Oh yeah, they do not want to wait on it being him being on his last year mm-hmm. on a rookie contract and then him having to hold out because essentially they he is the whole offense. So sixty yeah. million dollars a year for their whole offense, that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, this, oh, let's so uh, let's see how much Saquon Barkley goes for in a couple of years. <laughs> Yes, I put a little tidbit here that um, soon after the fact, um, Alvin Kamara tw- uh, posted on Twitter, like, money, 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 money. Oh, and pff, give me a break. made me realize, 
he's still on his rookie contract too. So yeah. that also puts a little quirk in the Saints organization, like if whether when his uh, extension comes, what they're gonna do with him. But uh, yeah, CMC, he's locked and loaded. He's gonna be the essentially the the consensus number one overall. Oh yeah, for sure. He's gonna he's he's gonna be great. Oh yeah. Um, now we just gotta wait on Kamara and Saquon. So Quan's probably not going to be until uh, next year. In my, in my opinion, Kamara is not worth the same money as Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey is also the first player in NFL history in his first three seasons to rush for 2,500 yards and receive 2,500 yards. So, no, it's not going to – Kamara, you're not the same. I'm sorry. There clearly is a difference in your skill sets and, yeah. and, and an injury history to boot. So, true, true. lots of what? Um, little, little, little smaller, uh, fantasy kind of relevant tidbits. Uh, the Colts signed Pro Bowl fullback Roosevelt Nix to a one-year deal, so that in theory should help Marlon Mack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought that was the oh, that's cool. Yep. Uh, uh let's see. The run game. Yeah, definitely should bolster the run game, especially with the the Philip Rivers, you know, addition. They're clearly that's going to kind of be their mo. They're going to be probably they already were a run team. They're probably turning more into a run team now. But hey. Mm-hmm. You ain't gonna complain because you can get Marlon Mack in like the fourth or fifth round, which to me is a steal. Like he's an RB two in my eyes, so that's a, that's great value. Uh, let's see, Hunter Henry signs his franchise tag. Dun, 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 dun. Don't have to worry yeah, about that not, one. Yeah not, yeah, not much news in terms of there. It's just you know, yeah. Obviously, when teams assign the franchise tender, players can go meow. Yeah, and then you know, the drama ensues. So exactly. it's good that he signs his tender. He's gonna be a top. Probably he's gonna be top five running or top five tight end next year. Oh, absolutely! And there, and the there's very strong like rumors going around that the Chargers are gonna be drafting a quarterback, and we all know how much young quarterbacks love their fucking tight ends. So that is only gonna boost his stock if that is what actually comes to fruition. Yes, and even if they don't, uh, Tyrod Taylor likes to throw it. To oh yeah, his tight ends as well. So he, he'll be absolutely. he's secure and set. Yep. So this next one, I'm not. I I brought it up only because, just considering the situation, I don't know. If, I don't know if this will turn into a thing or not. But but this is now another problem Zeke has gotten into every off season. So Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott are now being investigated by the police for breaking the stay at home orders and hosting a party. It's all over the internet. You can see fucking. And also, Zeke looks out of shape. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> he looked like fat and blobby. <laughs> he was just like, bleh. Uh, he's going to turn into a... Uh... But this is what? The third offseason in a row, Zeke has gotten in some kind of trouble with the police? This is obviously a spite party. Oh, absolutely. Stick it up to Mr. Jerry Jones mm-hmm. so they could just be like, all right, you don't need us. We don't, we're just going to violate every single <laughs> possible thing yeah, until right. you give us what we want. That's true. That's true. I mean, they did, uh, you know, Dak was the only one who got screwed over and all of this franchise tagged and everyone else got fucking paid. So maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe he's lashing out. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, let's get into some more rumors. The Bucks quote, have faith in Ronald Jones. What do you think about this, Adam? Um, well, he did improve significantly as a runner mm-hmm. last year. And <clears throat> the problem is, He's a complete liability as a pass blocker. And mm. in a Bruce Arians offense, that is a, a 
crime of the highest order. That's true. You That's need, true. For for to be a running back in Bruce Arians' offense, you need 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 to pass block. That's yeah. why everyone and their mother was like looking over at um, uh, David Johnson's yeah. direction before the trades. Like, please come over here. Well, we have the money. Mm-hmm. But um, <clears throat> as long as he's able to get, like, especially with Tom Brady now as a quarterback, he's going to light a fire in his ass if he doesn't oh, pass yeah. block. Oh, yeah. Um, Tampa Bay isn't going to take that standing. <laughs> <laughs> no. If we, if the Bucks were managed to like to sneak or trade for James White for some, some for some reason, then I would be perfectly fine mm, with Ronald Jones spicy. sharing the uh, backfield yeah, with him for sure. Um, obviously, Bill Belichick isn't going to do that because why would he help another team? Oh, of course, well, uh, even though. You know, he played with Brady basically his whole his whole career. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not going to be the case. But back to <clears throat> Ronald Jones, he's a great route runner, or he's a great runner now. Okay. Um, I just don't see him staying in the backfield unless he improves his pass blocking. No, right, fair enough. I, I've also been like rising on him some. I a lot of my questions centered more around his pass catching ability. And whether or not he can improve that, I mean, he he did make a step forward from you know that what we could all argue as a non-existent rookie season, which I don't know. Mm-hmm. And then you know, obviously made some step forward, but then he had that back and forth with Peyton Barber, and it was just like Jesus Christ, if you just give the guy the ball, like he can do stuff. But once again, it comes down to that offensive line, whether or not they can bolster bolster that enough to make him usable. He's he's been landing on more and more of my mock drafts lately because he's just kind of floating down there and like tenth ish kind of round and you're like, well, he's the starting running back, like that's not nothing. Yeah. Devin Singletary could be the quote the workload guy. The fuck's that supposed um, to mean? <laughs> well, Frank Gore not. Oop. Hello. Oop. I'm still here. All right. Sorry. Sorry about that. Sorry, I thought a cable got pulled. Oh, okay. But um. <clears throat> Where was I? Oh, so with uh, Frank Gore, I don't think he's coming back to no, Buffalo. Definitely not. Um, Devin Singletary is essentially going to be the guy pending any drafts uh, running back in late rounds. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was pretty damn good. He was tied for the uh, fifth most runs of 15 yards for the season Ooh. as a runner. Well, that's a nice little stat. Um, so... He's pretty explosive, and if you give him a bigger workload, he'll be for sure. For I'm sure. very, I'm very high on him. Um, what point in time does his bit. stock get too too rich? Like that oh, hype, man. that hype train, choo choo, is gonna fucking come blasting through. <laughs> I think he'll be. I see him in like the fourth yeah. and fifth round currently. Well, Do you think it's gonna yeah, get maybe, yeah higher than that? Like for me, it's gonna be. Fifth round at the highest. Okay. Um, okay. Because I, as much as I loved him, he, he see he did have some hamstring problems last That's year. That's true. Those hammies. Um, they'll get you. And hamstrings for any player position is very bad. Yeah, <laughs> and there's usually likely 
a re-injury always, of that yeah, re-injury. that same yeah. spot. So you're right. That's a good point. Good point. And they did because they. Uh, I now that you brought it up, I do remember because like he went out and then they brought him back and then he went out for a couple more games and then he was finally back. So you have yeah. that like that kind of like up and down where he didn't get the full what I would argue a full rest period. So hopefully with this. These new, the, even these newer off-season rules, where they, assuming we were practicing, like the contact is even less, and hopefully he would have time to completely heal up. But if, if yeah. he gets the full workload, and they don't do something stupid and try to bring another running back in, I see no reason why he can't be a solid RB two, to complement, you know, whatever more. I, I would argue he's going to be more solid. So if you wanted to take a higher mm-hmm. risk on maybe like a, a Kenyon Drake popping off kind of situation, then yeah, I would love yeah. to have Devin Singletary as my RB2. All right, according to Zach Taylor, A.J. Green is fully healthy. I mean... That's fantastic uh, news. I, I really mean, hope he's healthy yeah. by now. It's been yeah, right. two years. Been Shit. Like, he hasn't done much of it. He hasn't been able to do much of football stuff since yeah. before the preseason of this year, so I really hope he's, quote-unquote, fully healthy. Exactly. If he's not at this point, it's like, what the hell? Yeah. And what's, what, are you, what, are, what are you doing for your routines that you're still not? Right? Who the, who, like, or the, what doctor are you going to? That, <laughs> yeah, doctor. Get like, a better what, doctor, like, Unless there's like something that's not being told to us. Right? <clears throat> Shit. Well, hey, if he, if he comes back healthy, he's currently being drafted behind Tyler Boyd. So that would be sneaky value. Sneaky, sneaky, sneaky. All right. The yeah. Chargers are, quote, still high on Justin Jackson. So obviously, as, as we know, Melvin Gordon uh, left, went to went to the, the Broncos, and now it's Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson. <laughs> so I mean, he, did, he yeah. did show a lot of promise mm-hmm. um, as a third string. Uh, unfortunately, uh, because of Melvin Gordon, he couldn't get in more reps. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I think he had a. I think he did get injured like around week two or three, and then he also had like a touched that touchdown called back. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he'll be pretty damn good. In so backup. Yeah. For them. So I, so when I was doing some digging for today's main content, we were looking at the chargers and something that was very interesting was how close the overall touches were between Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler. It was almost 50%. It was probably like, 55, you know, like 45, like he's stupid close. And I'm just talking about rushing offense. I'm not talking about Austin Eckler's 93 fucking receptions. That's, that's besides the point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so do you see a potential like 50-50 carry workload like that where they manage that running workload, but Austin Eckler takes the, the reception work all to himself? Um, I could definitely see that. Um, Eckler just, just did get an extension right so they're gonna use him probably as they're gonna use i think they might do him like as a uh catch his breath kind of role right justin jackson's gonna be that makes sense um, that makes sense and they did utilize the hell out of him the first six weeks of the season before melvin kind of combo broke him mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um so He'll be a fantastic handcuff. Oh, yeah, um, for sure. Like, if you're drafting uh, Austin Eckler, you must, must, must draft Justin Jackson. For sure. Um, much later, because he's not going to be much of a value to 
anybody really because he might have a spurt where he might vulture a touchdown or two. Oh, yeah. Other than that, you know, barring injury, he's not going to be any type of uh, fantasy relevant mm, kind of player. Yeah. Not, not that you can start confidently on any weekly basis. Absolutely. All righty. That is our news and rumors. So I don't, I don't know if everyone else realized this, but it was actually shocking to me. There have been 18 coaching changes that are relevant for fantasy football in this offseason. So we decided that maybe it was time to put them all together into one episode. We'll talk about all the coaching changes, how we think they'll impact each team, Maybe we'll look at their styles, just historical patterns that we kind of picked out, and then let's see how wrong we are. (laughs) (laughs) Right. All right, let's start up with the Carolina Panthers. As we just saw, Christian McCaffrey got an extension, but their new head coach is Matt Rule, and they also have a new offense coder named Joe Brady. All right, let's get into Matt Rule. So Matt Rule is the former head coach of Baylor. That's where he was the last three years two to three years before he okay. uh, recently came here. And before that, he worked at Temple. Or who's the head coach at Temple. So it seems so, to me... College his, coach transitioning into a pro. Yep. That seems to be the hot thing right now, my man, is getting these coaches on these these teams that, I mean, when was the last time Baylor was relevant? That's that's, a, that's straight up the first thing I said. I was like, Baylor? I'm like what the hell? <laughs> I gotta like do some googling, and I was like, oh okay, like he had a pretty good season last year, not bad. But you know, this this will happen last year with Cliff Kingsbury and the Cardinals. I don't know. Like, part of me wonders. I mean, I've always right, seen a so historical thing with college coaches not translating to NFL. Okay, um, so it seems like his or his, just his first year into both programs, Baylor and Temple. Atrocious goddamn years. Oh, yeah, definitely. But the year after, they had significant improvement under Matt Rule. Correct. So if we're following the pattern with what has happened with the the Panthers this year, they're essentially letting go letting go all of their veteran mm-hmm. players, hiring, you know, Matt Rule, getting rid of their getting rid of Cam, signing Teddy Bridgewater, which is Cam Light. Question mark. <laughs> I don't know about a question like it's like eh, like eh, meh. it's just man kind of signing yeah. and keeping um CMC probably just to keep people in the stadium. It seems like this is going to be a another pretty terrible year for the Panthers. Mm-hmm. Um, probably might mimic what uh happened in Arizona. Like it's just gonna they're just gonna be god awful. Yeah, the first like probably eight to ten weeks for sure and then they might you know they might catch the rhythm later on but this is obviously a essentially a lost year in terms of having hope oh yeah winning of wins but um there's gonna be some players on that team that's gonna you know shine through obviously cmc is gonna be there oh yeah absolutely Uh, dj moore is gonna be fine Mm -hmm. Uh, depending on how they want to throw the deep ball maybe maybe some curtis samuel and maybe sprinkle a little bit of Ian Thomas if that. <clears throat> yeah. Um. So this is essentially. Oh, we can't. Find, I almost forgot about Robbie Anderson. <laughs> that was that was the fun thing that I I fucking dug up was uh, Robbie Anderson used to play for Rule in college. So to me, that's why Robbie Anderson was brought in because. I see. I see. They're buddies, and then we can get we can 
that extrapolates even further. So the offensive coordinator, Joe Brady. So he was mm-hmm. the former OC for LSU, uh, literally the la- last year. So, you know, he had Joe Burrow, all that awesome fucking success. He also was a former assistant for the Saints. So okay. you got kind of some Sean Payton vibes, maybe. Um, he what what I did find interesting was he actually had re-signed with LSU and then bailed and then took the Panthers job once Matt Rule contacted him. Okay. And then the 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 cherry on the the cake is uh. Joe Brady has a what ha, is a has a relationship with Bridgewater. He used to be like a QB coach and has worked with Bridgewater before. So it's like, so you guys just brought in all your buddies. <laughs> is that what I'm hearing right now? Ne- nepotism. <laughs> nepotism. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, these kind of getting into more of like the expected style of play that we're expecting is, you know, they ran a more of a West Coast kind of offense. It's you know the big well. What well, used to be the Big Twelve, but it's not called that mm-hmm. anymore. But you know that's Oklahoma, Texas, Oklahoma State. These, you know, they just fucking throw the football down the field. That's all they do: throw, 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 throw. So, I, what I'm expecting is obviously we're not going to have CMC's ridiculous stats that we saw last year. Maybe take off like five percent or so, and that's probably what you're still going to see. I mean, follow the money. They just paid him sixteen million a year. Clearly, they're going to feed him the ball. <laughs> But North Turner is gone, so that one running back pounding kind of system is gone. And then clearly they want to throw the ball deep. They made a move for Robbie Anderson for a reason. I don't know how much Teddy Bridgewater is going to cut into like the rushing workload because he is, like, like I said, Cam Light. He can run the ball, but he's not Cam Newton, who yeah. almost, almost always wants to run the ball first, <laughs> which is why he's injured all the damn time. Like you said, I'm, it, it's a it's it's a lost year. Like you, from the history you pulled out, like you said, it takes about two year, two to three years before Matt Rule can turn a program around. Considering the moves, you know, Atlanta, Tampa, and the Saints have all made to shore up their offenses. Clearly, the Panthers are at the bottom of the barrel in the uh, NFC South. Uh feels good not to be at the bottom anymore, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. I guess it's really it's really gonna depend on you know like what do they do with their draft picks and. Like you said, it's a, it's a it's obviously a lost year, but you can find that value in CMC is, I think, the only thing you probably really count on. All righty, the Cleveland Browns also have a new head coach and an offensive coordinator. So Kevin Stefanski comes over from the Vikings, where, as far as I could tell, he spent pretty much his entire career there. He was a QB coach, a running back coach, a tight end coach. Last year, he was the OC for the Vikings. And then something of uh, just note that I thought was interesting was Casey Keenum had his best year when he was with Stefanski. That was that playoff run, the miracle fucking throw and all that shit. Oh. That, that was under Kevin Stefanski. All right. So all right. that's in, it's in, you know, you're like interesting. And then the OC, which is the weird one. I don't, I don't understand this one off. Alex Van Pelt. So he's a former QB or an RB coach for not for the Bengals, Packers, Bucks, and Bills. And the really only thing I could find was he was a QB in the NFL at one time, but he wasn't particularly good, and he was always a perpetual backup. Okay. So what do, what do these moves mean for the Cleveland Browns? I mean, we got Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, OBJ, Jarvis Landry, Austin Hooper, which sounds on paper like the greatest offense on the planet, and then, we, and then it all has to be fed by Baker Mayfield, who was starting to struggle last, at the end of last year. Yeah, um, 
I think we talked we briefly we briefly talked about uh, Stefanski a couple week uh, a couple months ago. Yeah. Um, I'm joking. They talked about oh, it was great that they got rid of their um, inexperienced coach to hire another inexperienced coach. <laughs> yeah. Like, exactly the exact same thing. Like one year offensive coordinator mm-hmm. thrust into a head coaching yep. position. Um, obviously he got hired instead of thrusted, but <laughs> basically. Yeah, that's basically. A <laughs> um, I don't know. I all right. I just can't trust the Browns anymore. Like, no, it doesn't matter yeah. who, what names they they, they they put freaking Bill Walsh in the Browns Oof. head coaching, and he can't succeed. Yeah, right. Um, you know they had that one winning season, like more than a decade ago. They yeah. still missed the playoffs. Um. And it's just, I don't know, but there's, there's just something about that culture that they don't want to win on the field, but they want to win on paper. Does that make any sense? Yeah, I mean, because on, on paper, the, it sounds like an amazing team. It honestly sounds like an amazing team on paper. That's what we said last year, and look how that fucking turned out. I mean, outside of Nick Chubb, yeah. I don't want to touch any of these players. Maybe and maybe Jarvis Landry, but I don't want to touch any of these players. I mean, freaking, I drafted in our mock draft last week. I drafted uh, OBJ, like, in like the tenth round. Jeez, <laughs> that's how that's how yeah. far, far he's fallen in like in term in, in our eyes. Like, yeah, it seems like it almost seems like the Browns are bringing Stefanski and Van Pelt as like a QB guru, like they, you know, Stefanski made Casey Keenum relevant for a year. Like mm-hmm. I I would argue Baker Mayfield is better than Casey Keenum, but we saw the struggle. So maybe that's what it is. It's like, all right, let's bring it in. Let's try to fix it. Maybe rely on the run game because Stefanski just let Dalvin cook go ham bone last year. Mm-hmm. So I don't see them straying away I mean, from that. I mean, out before Derrick Henry decided to explode the last couple of weeks of the season, uh, Nick Chubb was the leading rusher of the league. So yeah, it was very, it was very nice. Sure. <laughs> but I don't know, I don't know, but I think Kareem Hunt's gonna definitely cut into that workload big time. But um, are you so you're not particularly interested in Jarvis Landry, or do you think he's gonna get enough volume to make himself relevant again? Um, Jarvis Landry has established that he is the actual number one yeah. over in Cleveland. Um, and OBJ has to get out of his head. Oh, yeah. In order to be a producer again. Or it might just be with a quarterback play. But, I mean, outside of Nick Chubb, like, that's the only, like, yeah. solid A-plus choice I would I would even consider touching there. Oh yeah, and I don't. I don't even. I don't even look at Austin Hooper's direction anymore. I'm like, nope, you're dead to me as a tight end. Because <laughs> I just don't. I just don't see. Like we saw last year, uh, Baker couldn't really spread the ball around efficiently. Like he would just target one person, or they would just run the damn ball, yeah. and that was it. And with all just the again on paper, the ridiculous amount of weapons in theory, I just I don't. I can't imagine Landry getting enough targets to to make himself useful. I mean, since he's left Miami, he's been rather irrelevant. Yeah. We'll get to that. We'll get to that later. Cause, uh, he, that, that's part of the dolphins. 
All right, let's move on. The Cowboys have a new head coach, Mike McCarthy. Obviously, oh as we mostly know him for, he was the head coach of the Packers from 2006-2018. Uh, didn't go so well there at the end. Um, he used to be an OC for the 49ers and the Saints, and he's only won one Super Bowl, but has made nine playoff appearances. You know, I thought this was a pretty decent hiring. I thought so, too. Um, for Mike McCarthy. Until a couple weeks after, oh. there was an interview sitting with him, both him and Jerry Jones. Um, I th- Actually, it was for Wines. So back when he initially got hired, mm-hmm. everyone was making all of all the hubbub of him claiming, oh, yeah, I did all these analytics in the offseason. Oh, yeah. All these tapes. I... I'm a new, I'm a new, I'm a reborn Christian. Um, <laughs> all right. Probably that last part is a lie, but you know, he was <laughs> talking him up, talking himself up. Yeah. And yeah. Like, all right. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously, you know, he, the man has probably done his research. Well, it turns out that, you know, a few weeks after the fact, it was like an interview between, uh, with him and Jerry and they asked him like, so what, um, have you learned about all of your new analytics stuff? And he just flat out said, oh, yeah, I didn't do any of that. What? He's a liar? Oh, what a piece of shit. So, I don't know what I think about the Cowboys right now because he, he doesn't have, right now, he might, he might not have Dak. That's a good and point. if the end of his tenure over at Green Bay was any indication of, of how he could handle a stubborn mule of a person. Mm-hmm. If he can't even handle coaching that type of personality, I don't know how he's going to be have that type of personality as a boss. Right. Um, and would it really be his offense? They st- they, remember, they kept David Moore. Kellen Which Moore? is actually, in my opinion, the what? What was that? Kellen Moore, or Kellen Moore? That's right. Yeah. That's right. Uh, they kept Kellen Moore, which, in my opinion, was probably the single most important part. Yes. Of the absolutely their offense to keep intact, because um, he is a fabulous, great mind. Um, so if he's not going to be calling any of the, if it's not going to be his offense, and he's not going to be calling his plays, I'm not really sure what he's there for. I think. He's just, it, it, you're right. Uh, by bar none, the single best thing they did was keeping Kellen Moore because I think, Mike, like you said, Mike McCarthy checked out from running an offense probably seven years ago. <laughs> like he's like, oh, I got Aaron Rodgers, cool. But, and then he just just rolled with it. I think they got him because of the amount of playoff appearances and the fact that he could get them into the playoffs, win a couple games. You know, they were contenders several times and actually won one and even you know so it's like that was what they lacked with jason garrett who just couldn't do it could never fucking do it i mean he only uh going a little bit further down jason garrett only made the playoff three times and they immediately lost in the divisional round every time Mm -hmm. so it's like i think that's maybe why they brought him was just more of like all right he's got tenure He's seen it before. He's won, he's been to the playoffs several times, and I think Jerry Jones just wants to make the goddamn playoffs and make a run for once. Yeah. So that's what I see. I hope to God that they just let Kellen Moore run the offense because that was a prolific offense last year. Yeah. 
So hopefully, hopefully they're not compl- Jerry Jones is not. A, hopefully he's not a complete idiot. He's pretty dumb, but <laughs> but all right. Moving on. Same division. The Giants. They have a new head coach, and that's where Jason Garrett went as their new OC. So the new head coach is Joe Judge, and this is this is gonna. I I don't like this head coach hire at all. This is like what the fuck. So Joe Judge is the former wide receiver and special teams coach from the Pats from 2012 to 2019. All right, seven years. Yep. And before that, he was the former special teams coach for Alabama from 2009 to 2011. This man only understands winning. He doesn't understand what losing is like. <laughs> and well, that's, why he has, uh, that's what he just signed himself up for. So <laughs> it's kind of like, oh, shit. Like This guy has no head coaching or what I would argue a uh, legit position like offensive or defensive coordinator experience at all he has none of it and this smell this reeks to high heaven of like adam gaze or any of those bill belichick tree you know like they just don't do well when they leave they just don't Hmm. i've yet to see it so let me see it all right so let me paint what might be let me paint the word that you might be thinking of in your mind for the Giants fans. So <clears throat> you have the offensive coordinator, Jason Garrett, mm-hmm. who, you know, outside of being a head coach, he was a great offensive mind. You know, Correct. He was calling, you know, when he was calling plays before he was head coach. And, you know, he was highly sought after before signing ultimately with the Cowboys. I think the Saints were looking at him as looking for him as well. Right. Um, so. Because of Jason Garrett, I think their offense is going to be fine to pretty great. Yes, um, I would agree with that. And that'll probably mask the what your perceived ineptitude of Joe Judge may possibly be. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, when Jason Garrett, he's not going to be a, a offensive coordinator for very long. No, not he at all. Has been a head coach for over literally over a decade. Yeah, he's um, yeah. And since. It, it might be just a year or two mm-hmm. as an offensive coordinator position for him. So, in my opinion, this is probably a trap hiring for the Giants. Where, mm, <clears throat> where it'll be Jason Garrett who does all the hard work, gets all the, not the, well, Judge will get the accolades for being, for having a decent right. year or two. And then when Jason Garrett leaves, inevitably to become a head coach somewhere else, uh, probably for, uh, I don't know, somewhere else, um, Joe Judge will have to essentially have the McVeigh kind mm. of situation where all of his people leave and then all of a sudden he's going to have problems yep. keeping up his uh, offense. So this is probably a trap type of uh, hiring for the... Uh, for the Giants, you think they uh, <laughs> what's what's an old uh the old like uh the old switcheroo? So they hired both of them, and then they're going to give the the head coaching job to Jason Garrett next year. They're like, ah, fuck you, Joe Judge. <laughs> oh yeah, that could that could be there. He yeah, Jason, Jason Garrett only went there so he could usurp Joe Judge eventually. Right. I mean, so um, because jo- <laughs> uh, Is so Joe Jason Judge Garrett had Ryan Tannehill, Joe. <laughs> Repeat that joke over again. <laughs> uh, oh, God damn it. Um, so something to point out with Jason Garrett to kind of point out 
his the the what the production of his offense can do. I think Jason Garrett, like a lot of people, they rise to their level of incompetence. So I think he's a great offensive mind, but doesn't have the ability to run an entire team as a head coach. So if he can find himself a good spot, I think that'll work to, that'll work out very well for him. But when he was with the Cowboys, they were in the top ten of offensive production eight times. So eight years, eight of his ten years, they were in oh, the yeah. top ten of production. So clearly. He has he can do something with the talent, and that's going back to the Tony Romo days, you know, the fucking um, Des Bryant days, like all the way back. Like he's had multiple pools of talent roll in and out, and in eight times he had top ten productions. And now look what he's walking into: Saquon Barkley, a second year QB, and Daniel Jones, who showed some promise. He had some promise, you know, up and down last year. Um, I'm I actually have now risen up on Evan Ingram. I think. Oh, look at you. Yeah, I think I think Evan Ingram. I think people are gonna obviously. I lived it last year with dealing with the injuries, but if he can maintain his health, I don't see why we can't have an, ourselves another like Jason Witten kind of situation. True. And then and then you, then you have your plethora of wide receivers: Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, Golden Tate, all serviceable. They're probably gonna make some moves for some other higher offensive players. Mm-hmm. But like I said. I, I think uh, I think Saquon obviously is going to be super relevant. Maybe Evan Ingram. You're really high on Darius Slayton. I I think he's going to be pretty good next year. So, so let's <laughs> let's hope that pans out because Sterling Shepard also has a uh, injury like bug. He just every it's every season, every goddamn season. All righty, I guess we're staying with the uh, the NFC East. The Redskins also have a new head coach and offensive coordinator. <laughs> So Ron Rivera has left the Panthers, gone straight over to Washington. Uh, as we know, he was the head coach. Yep, Riverboat Ron. That's actually interesting. So he was the head coach for the Panthers from 2011 to 2019, and he was the defensive coordinator from the Chargers from 08 to 2010. So he was clearly a, a defensive-minded kind of person. And while I was doing some uh, the old searching, apparently the first two seasons in in uh, Carolina – he was criticized heavily for not being more risk taking, and then all of a sudden he started taking more risk, and that's where Riverboat, you know, Ron came from, because yeah. <laughs> he did. He started making changes, and then they turned it around. They made a Super Bowl appearance. They made three straight playoff appearances, and then Cam mm-hmm. Cam Newton imploded, and then it all went to hell. So <laughs> I don't blame I don't blame him solely for how Carolina just circled the drain. It was it was a myriad of issues. But yeah, I think his firing over at North Carolina was less about him and more about the the Carolina just wanting to start a clean slate. Yeah, <clears throat> absolutely. So Ron Rivera being more of the defensive-minded coach, it's more important for us to spend time talking about his OC and, and who is Scott Turner. So Scott Turner is the former QB coach for the Panthers, literally the last two years, and um, was also an offensive quality coach, whatever the hell that fucking means for them as well. He kind of bounced around. But the thing that, so obviously Ron brought over somebody he's already familiar with. and um, mm-hmm. But the thing that struck out a lot to me was Scott Turner is the son of Norv Turner. So my expectation is this run game is going to be lit. <laughs> so I guess, but I guess the question is who's going to be running? Darius Geis or Adrian Peterson? We have to talk to Darius Geis's knee mm. and see whether or not it wants to play this season. Um, Roll for health. Right now, 
Yep, it's basically a like a ball going down a slot and with those little sticks trying to see going which hole it'll land into. Yep. Um but it, so Ron Rivera has never had a true running back. No. Well, except um, at most he's had like a Basically, he had Cam Newton as his running back. Right. Yeah. Um, and now that he's going to have two, I guess, legitimate running backs, um, he's probably in a interesting situation. Um, I think they should, like you said, I think they should lean heavily into the run game. Oh yeah. Until they both their legs fall off. Yeah. Because <clears throat> clearly they, they Lauren is like mm-hmm. the only passing offensive right. weapon. They read have my mind. Right now. Yep. And, you know, uh, I forget his name. Yeah, their tight end who always had concussions. He finally retired. Oh, Jordan Reed finally retired. Jordan Reed, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, he finally retired, you know, citing concerns of his health. Smart, smart man. Yeah, right? Jeez. So. Yeah. So, and I guess it's a lot of that. And I think for the Redskins, it's probably also a lost year considering the quarterback situation is it Dwayne Haskins? Is it Casey Keenum? Is it Colt McCoy? Like who the fuck is running this offense? They don't have their sh- they don't have their shit together. So hopefully, like Ron can at least bring some stability. At least just that would all- alone be a huge benefit for the Redskins if they could just bring any semblance of just yeah. security and stability. I mean, you had the whole fucking thing with Trent Williams. Like he didn't even trust the doctors at the facility to take care of him. Like that's a problem. That's clearly a problem. Yeah. So hopefully this is a good this is a good good for them. Uh I personally I don't think Darius guys can stay healthy, so I think Adrian Pearson will once again be a relatively sleeper running back. He's going to I mean, we're not expecting 1500 yards or 10 10 touchdowns, but like, you know, if I got a 1000-yard season out of AP at the back of the draft, I mean, AP's free. You can get him for free right now. No one's drafting him. Put on your bench. Oh shit! Okay, he's probably gonna get a touchdown against these dorks today. Boom! There we go. <laughs> like, I mean, I, t- I did that a couple times last year. It's like, all right, he's gonna get something. Alrighty. Well, let's just stay with the NFC since <laughs> we're already. <laughs> it's. I, I didn't realize it was the entire goddamn division. So the Eagles, um, they didn't hire an offensive coordinator. So Doug Peterson is running everything. Yeah, they said um, we're gonna save some money this year. And not have an offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not, not sure really how I feel sure. about it. Yeah, it's sort of like what? I mean, he was um, kind of but, already calling the plays, anyways. So yeah, I think it's like yeah, yeah. So it's like basically, yeah, we're just gonna save some money and not have anybody fill the yeah. positions. So it's definitely gonna be a make or break year for him because he's gonna have no excuses because you know they went to the Super Bowl and it's been all lackluster since then. I granted. Yeah shit tons of injuries that obviously that's not his fault but unfortunately that you're the head coach you have to deal with the cards you're dealt so if he can if he can take hold of the reins and get healthy i don't see any reason why they can't be first or second depending on how the you know depending on if dak plays or not (laughs) i guess that's really the only difference is whether or not dak plays yeah because if he doesn't play i don't don't think the cowboys are going to be super relevant but um, I am all also scared for Miles Sanders now because Doug is a he loves to mainline RBBC just right right into his arm, man. Like just loves oh, it. Just ah, fifty running backs. I don't give a fuck. And you know, and they and they 
they gave Boston Scott an extension. You know, they did ship out Jordan Howard. Fine. So, in theory, Miles Sanders should get the bulk of the work. But we saw that last year, that struggle, that back and forth, like, God, like, just give him the workload. Once again, it's like, if you just give him the workload, he should be yeah. fine. But uh, do you think uh, Carson Wentz is the solution? Um, I think he, uh, I think he's actually pretty, he's pretty, he's a pretty great uh, quarterback. He's going to, you know, I think his back is finally going to be healthy. His knee's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought he was, you know, prior to his, his uh, ACL injury, he was on his way to winning the uh, NFL MVP. I think he's going to be perfectly okay. Yeah. Um, especially if they get, if they finally get uh, Deshaun Jackson back, if he stays healthy right. instead of one, one and done games, mm-hmm. um, just help stretch out the field because that and that week one game against the Redskins that was a scary offense to look at. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, so as long, yeah, and you know they they just I know this is like a almost like a beating a dead horse, but you know as long as they're healthy, they'll be fine. Yeah, but, you know Eagles have proven that. They used like fifty wide receivers last year. It was <laughs> right? insane how many wide receivers they went through. It was crazy. Um, so, <clears throat> alrighty, moving on to the Bears. They have a new offensive coordinator, Bill Lazor. Oh God. Yep, former OC for the Bengals, two thousand seventeen and two thousand eighteen, and was also the QB coach in two thousand sixteen. He was also okay. a former OC for the Dolphins from 2014 to 2015. And uh, everything I could dig up was he's not all that good, and clearly Matt Nagy <laughs> is going to be calling the offense. <laughs> so, oh, so they just they I'm not yeah they like feel, yeah it's like a stand in position. And what was and this is the even weirder part about it is they also signed John DeFilippo, who was the former OC up at the Vikings, as their QB coach. So now there's like. Two, like huh. three like people who were have all been at least offensive coordinators at one point in time. Like, what the hell is going to go on in that locker room? So it goes Bill Nagy, head coach. Oh, yeah, obviously. It'll go Bill Lazor, offensive coordinator, quotation marks. Mm-hmm. And then John D. Filippo is assistant to the offensive coordinator. <laughs> assistant to. I love it. I love it. Um, I don't know what this means I'm, in terms of the Bears offense. I've been off of it for a hot minute now, and this doesn't change anything in my mind. Um. Well, if Big Nick Nick can, uh, when he eventually takes over the reins during preseason, mm-hmm. I think that offense will be fine. Okay. <clears throat> um. It just depends on whether or not he wants to be. Uh, wants to usurp him earlier or later. My opinion is the later the better to make yeah. himself become more of the savior to get that BDE energy. Right. Um, <clears throat> yeah, for him just being as as a stand-in, eh, I mean. Yeah, it's all mediocre at best. That's all I could dig up. I was like, okay, like, cool. <laughs> That's what you want to do? Fine. All right, moving along. The Broncos have hired Pat Schirmer as their new OC. As we all know, he was the former head coach of the Giants, 2018-2019. He was a former OC of the Vikings in 2017. He was also their tight end coach in 2016. 
Uh, if you want to go a little bit further back, he was the OC for the Eagles from 2013 to 2015, which, if anyone remembers, is the Chip Kelly era. <laughs> oh, boy. Yep. Uh, fun fact, he's been 19-46 as a head coach. So I guess did he get a bad did he get a bad uh, deal in in New York or th- th- is he just not a good head coach? Um, probably last year would have been a bad deal because he just you know he just drafted yeah Daniel Jones. I mean, obviously he reached way up high. Oh my God, him yeah. um, when he didn't need to. Mm-hmm. But you know, if you hire or if you draft a rookie run rookie quarterback and start him third week of the year you know i wouldn't say give him a pass but cut the man some slack yeah specifically for that one last year right but um you know 1946 as a yeah i don't think he's suited as a head coaching candidate no i do Um, i do like it for the broncos i think it's gonna give them some some nice spiciness to that offense yeah he's he's gonna have a lot more weapons this year Mm -hmm. than the giants had last year um i'm I think I've been a little high on the Broncos offense this upcoming year. I like I like them a lot. Well, in you, terms of well, you've been high on their passing offense, but Melvin Gordon's according to you is dead to you. Well, their running their running game as a whole is going to be fine. It's the fact that it's yes, Melvin Gordon is dead to me only because he's not going to be the workhorse guy that he was oh, yeah. in San Diego slash L.A. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. He's gonna. It's going to be a 50-50 time split with... 50-50, um, <clears throat> damn. All right. Yeah, it's with uh, uh, Philip Lindsay. It's, you know, Philip Lindsay was a 1,000-yard runner last year. He's not going to be relegated to a third down back. That's true. That's a good point. Um, you know, and they could possibly just switch um, every other series between the two. True. And, you know, Melvin Gordon benefits from being a high-usage... Yes. Absolutely. Uh, player. So, you know, him by himself, he is dead to me as a player in terms of fantasy. But the whole running offense, oh, they're going to be fi- per- perfectly fine. Exactly. Um, and, you know, Noah Fant is going to be in his second year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Drew Locke is going to be in his second year. And he is, the last four weeks of the year, he was actually pretty good. Yeah. Um. So I'm, I'm liking, I'm liking that whole, uh, that offense as a whole. It might be one year too early. To be super hype on them. Yes, definitely. Um, but I like the direction that Denver is going. Absolutely, absolutely. All righty, the Jags have signed Jay Gruden as their new OC. As we all know, I think, this, is, I think this, this is this is a good move for them. I think this is a fantastic move for them. Yeah. Um, you know, Jay Gruden is a great offensive mind. If well, back to his days with the Bengals, mm-hmm. um, he made yeah you know, he, he he made a. Oh man, I'm. I haven't been terrible with names this past couple of weeks. Um, he made Andy Dalton useful. <laughs> yeah, he made Andy Dalton yeah. pretty pretty dang awesome. Now, he had a raw deal um, his last couple of years over in uh, <sighs> Washington. You know, Washington worst. started off 6-3. and three, um, And then Alex Smith, mm, basically yes. his leg just kind of clap, folded in on itself. Probably the worst leg injury I've ever seen in my life. Yep. And, you know, team couldn't recover. Um so, yeah, but as an offensive mind, I think this is this is going to be great. Um, this elevates a lot of players in my mind. Um, you know, quite or 
I almost said Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> wrong sport. <laughs> yeah, wrong sport. Leonard Fournette. <laughs> yeah, Leonard Fournette's going to be perfectly perfectly fine. I think um, Gardner Minshew is going to get a DJ huge upgrade. Shark, DJ Shark. He's going way too high, though. He's still going way too high for my yeah, he's. Yeah, I, I saw him go as early as, like, round two. Round two. Um, I think that might be... What? Maybe, like, four or five rounds too early. Oh, my God, yeah. Easy. <laughs> That's way too early. The fuck? But, um, you know, if people give into that hype and, you know, he explodes and becomes, like, top three wide receiver next year, then, oh, my goodness. But um, I don't true. think, you know, I think it's a great hire for... Uh, oh, Definitely. Fans. Yeah, Doug Marone doesn't know what the hell he's doing. So this is this is perfect because just to kind of give an insight. So in the five years he was a head coach, he had one playoff appearance for the Redskins. One. In the three mm. years he was an OC for the Bengals, they went to the playoffs every single year, and including 2013, they won the NFC North. Oh, what? Yes. Wasn't it the Steelers or Ravens? No. So clearly, like, he's got the offensive mind. He has it. I just, it's, to me, this is, again, one of those situations of rising to your incompetence. He showed, holy shit, he took the fucking Bengals and had them win the NFC North in 2013. That was peak Steelers time. He won the division. And, oh, yeah, let's give him a head coaching job. And he went to the, the worst shithole imaginable, the Redskins. And then, mm-hmm. and it is what it is. So now, hopefully, you know, the Jags do have. Some offensive pieces. I think if they can, de- if I think he could develop Gardner Minshew into something pretty damn good because the kid's like a little all over the place, but he's got the skills. So Jay, I think Jay might be like you said, might be the perfect perfect fit for them. Good for them for actually doing something right for once. <laughs> <laughs> um, unlike the Jags, I do not agree with the Chargers head our new offensive coordinator Shane Steichen. He uh, basically was promoted from the QB coach, and he's a okay. Norv Turner disciple. Is the only the only like stuff I could dig up on him. That's it. No head coaching experience, no OC coaching experience. He's just been with the just just been with the Chargers for a long time. Oh, so he's a company man. Yeah, right? exactly. And so I'm like, all right. Clearly, the Chargers are also kind of in a rebuild mode right now. I mean, you know, shipping off Melvin, getting rid of Phil Rivers. I mean, that's the end of an era right there, in of itself. Yeah, I mean, North Turner left a few years ago, so it's kind of like it's it's a new organization, obviously. But like, I don't know who the hell that, I I did the one thing I could pull up on Shane or Shane Steckin. I have no idea how to say his name. Um, was once he took over in Week Eight, overall the Chargers' offense did start improving. So I guess there is a a tinge of okay, things were improving at the end of the year. I think his offensive prowess. Coaching was gonna be solely on Tyrod Taylor's feet. Yep. Um, I I can't see them keeping Tyrod Taylor for a long time. They're gonna draft a quarterback. They must, yeah. Because Tyrod Taylor is 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 fine, but when's the last the time he even is, started a game? Like when he was in Buffalo. Yes. Was he in Buffalo? Yes. Buffalo. Yeah. I don't even know when that was, but yeah, it's been way too long since he's had some play action time. Uh oh shit! So apparently he was on the Browns last year, and then oh. 2017, and so 2017 was the last time he started a game. Wow. Yep. 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 Wait, he won a Super Bowl with who? 
Oh, with the Ravens. That's right. Bench, bench, oh, bench, the... bench, bench, bench. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not excited about this OC. I don't really know. I don't know what it means at all because it's like, all right, so you you're the QB coach, which would imply that yeah. you you can talk to quarterbacks better. But Tyrod's not that great, so it's you're banking on whatever rookie they draft, he can mold somehow, and then he was basically hired by Nerve Turner, which would imply run the damn ball. Yeah. Like always. So, but that's not Austin Eckler's MO. So, would that imply Justin Jackson's now? It, it, yeah, it, I don't know. I don't like the situation anymore in there. And I'm kind of, I'm kind of, it's leaning towards like the Bears. Like, I'm out. Like, I just don't know where I'm going to, where I'm going to find any consistent value, I guess, is the real problem. Just, just Hunter Henry and then throw everyone else out. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. There you go. Hunter Henry. That's, that's the only one. Thank you. Thank you. All righty, the Rams have hired Kevin O'Connell as their new offensive coordinator. He's he is the... just going to be there to nod his head yep, and <laughs> wag his finger, maybe. Yes, absolutely. Sean McVay is not giving up play calling. This is another placeholder position. I mean, he was the OC for the Redskins last year and the QB coach the two years before that. If that's any indication are... of... Not high accolades. No. So, I mean, so he worked with Jay Gruden. This is really only. That's true. Main thing. So, I don't know. I don't know what that means. You know, the, the Rams as a whole are a completely different team. We have. So, I guess we should have talked about that with the whole Brandon Cooks being traded. It is just now Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Gerald Everett, and what we got? Daryl Henderson as a running back now? Don't forget about your boy, uh, Jacob Hollister. <laughs> Wait, I thought Jacob. Oh, did they sign Jacob Hollister? I mean, he's not. Wait, no, that's Seahawks. Never mind. I'm yeah, sorry. I think I was going to say. Mistake. <laughs> You're thinking of the uh, what's the other one? There were there were two tight ends there. It'll come to us. Yeah, I'm thinking of a different one. But yeah, it, the the Rams. It's a it's a the end of an era. I, I think the I think the Sean McVay white hot fire is over. <laughs> in my opinion, <laughs> I I think it's gone. Like I think defenses figured him out. And now, and then they overpaid. You know, they basically paid a bunch of money to try to win that one Super Bowl, and it blew up in their faces. And that's it. Getting rid of people. Yeah. Yeah. Now they're now they don't have any money, so they have to ship everybody out. Everyone gone. All righty. The Dolphins have hired. Do you remember this name, Adam? Chan Gailey. Oh, all the way. I remember yeah. Him when he was... <laughs> Dude, I saw he that was... name and I was like, "Whoa!" I haven't heard that name in a long time. So the last time, this this is what's mind blowing to me is he hasn't coached in four years. Four years. So Wait, he was he was like he was out of the league for four years. He's been out of the league for four years. Oh my! Maybe he was doing some analytics with. Uh... Maybe <laughs> I don't know. So the the more the more recent like ones Arthur. is a uh, former OC for the for the Jets from 2015 2016, and the former head coach of the Bills from 2010 2012. Uh, the this... big. The big thing seems to be he has a history with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah, that's it's basically, it's almost like they followed each other. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> so what this essentially tells me is they're just they're gonna ride Fitzpatrick for at least another year. Mm-hmm. Um, Probably gonna draft a QB do, for sure. Even if they do, if everyone is correct and they they draft Tua, yeah, they're gonna sit him for a year. Absolutely, that hip. If so, even if. You know the league comes together and whatnot by 
you know, on schedule, mm-hmm. you know, pending the COVID. Um, none of the players can visit any of the teams for a medical checkup. So mm-hmm. Tua has been tweeting that he's 100% healthy, but he hasn't been checked by team doctors. And team doctors are the only doctors that the NFL franchises, uh, you know, Correct. want to trust. Um, so it would behoove them to keep basically Fitzmagic there as a cradle man mm-hmm. for Tua um, for well into the year or even for a whole year. They could, they could do what they did, uh, what Green Bay did with uh, Aaron Rodgers and, you know, have him sit for the first two years. Yeah. You know, and maybe uh, fix some throwing motions or whatnot, you know, until they know for definite that, you know, he could take a hit and not shatter to pieces. Yeah. <clears throat> yep, yep, So, yep. Yeah, and Chan is definitely a, a running type of OC, so if that implies anything, Jordan Howard should have some sort of relevance. Yeah. I think this, uh, you know, we haven't really talked about it too much because it's mostly like the the defensive side, but over free agency, the the Dolphins have been signing lots of big name players mm-hmm. on defense. Um, I think they got a high they got a high profile high profile cornerback, high profile safety. Um, they're you know, and with that, that also helps out the offense. You know, if the defense can keep t- uh, teams off the field, the offense stays on there longer. It'll be yep. you know a plus for all offensive <clears throat> yeah. uh, players over in Miami. And that's more draft picks that can be spent on an O-line or offensive pieces that complement Tua, oh, allegedly. Yeah. So That's true. The, uh, yeah, the, I think, they have I tons think, of picks. Uh, it's like 17,000 draft picks yeah. this year. So I think what we were talking... They could draft a whole other team. Yeah, before, they have, they have two picks in the top 20. Slots like two in the top twenty, so clearly they can get Tua and they can go get whatever other piece that is super important to them. Boom, boom, done. Like they are set up to go. You know, I was very so Brian Flores. You know, we were talking about Bill Belichick disciples and his fucking uh, what's his face, Joe Judge shit over in the Giants. But like Brian Flores seems to be actually turning around the Dolphins currently, which is. At the start of the year was mind boggling. I mean, you remember the start of the year, like absolutely yeah, abhorrent, the worst football I've ever seen in my life, fucking embarrassing. And shit, they they made a top ten wide receiver at the end of the year. Like <laughs> they like they pulled some shit out of their ass, and it was rather impressive. You're like, okay, okay. Who would have guessed? The Jets are going to be the worst now. <laughs> Oof, stupid ass Jets. All right, Le'Veon Bell. Right. Let's wrap this up with good old Kerry Gubiak is now the new OC for the Vikings. This is a phenomenal oh, hire. Yeah. Well, he was, I mean, technically he was already on the team. Yeah, he was the assistant um, to the head coach. <laughs> he was assistant to the head coach. Yeah. Um, um, well, what was it, offensive advisor or whatnot? Yes. And yeah. now he's going to be, now he's actually going to be full into the role. Yeah. Um, you know, Kerry Kubiak, he's not, great as a head coach but he is a phenomenal offensive player, yes. especially more towards the running game mm-hmm. um you know he when you know he, let's see what was it what's his accolades he's a texans from 06 to 2013 
Yeah, then he was uh, the Ravens OC in 14, which was a prolific offense, and then the Broncos 2015-2016, and obviously that first year was the Manning year. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> so, or, yeah, because, yeah, so. And this was one, actually, I could get a very specific, what does he, how does he run his offenses because he's been head coaching so long. It's He runs a West Coast offense with zone blocking, and which is an emphasis on running. So, hmm. If you wanted to take Dalvin Cook one on one, I do not blame you at all. Like, yeah, so yeah, they're going to run is, the damn ball. <laughs> this is yeah, this is part of the reason why we're so high on Dalvin Cook yeah. this upcoming year is because of Mr. Kerry, Gary Kubiak. So I have a um, I have a conspiracy theory. Do you want to hear about Gary Kubiak? Ooh. I think I think Gary Kubiak has been hired to replace Zimmerman. Hmm. Push him out. I. I get. I lo- I really like Zimmer though. Oh, I love Zimmerman as a, as a head coach, as a like defensive coordinator. He's fantastic. But the, they have a they've had a lot of defensive pieces leave for this offseason. Xavier Rhodes is gone. Um, shit, there was like some defensive mm-hmm. tackles that left, and you're like, I don't know. But you know, he's pulled guys from nowhere that you've never heard of and made them relevant. So, yeah, yeah. I think that's the thing that's, I guess, really. I makes me respect certain coaches more is when they understand what their weaknesses are and then hire the appropriate coach to fill in that spot. So yeah. Zimmerman is not an OC in any way, shape or form. I don't think he even understands how blocking schemes would work probably, but he hired somebody who does know how to do that shit. Like, yeah, very, very, very well. Like Gary Kubiak is very good at his job. I mean, if you go like, you know, we talk about the Denver days, obviously with Peyton, I did have a, that was a, I did find a nice little funny tidbit. So the year that they won that Super Bowl, I don't know if you remember, but apparently he benched Peyton Manning for Brock Osweiler early in the season because Manning was struggling really? a little bit. Yeah. I was like, get the fuck out of here. You benched Peyton Manning. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, I guess it lit the fire and they won a Super Bowl. So that's all that really matters. And then even, you know, even if you go back like the Ravens, that was the best passing year under Joe Flacco. You go back to the, you know, the Texans and then you have, your Andre Johnson and your uh your the Matt Schaub days. Who was the running back? Um Oh man. Fuck. Big, big name, big name. Um but yeah, you, like you saw it. Like the, the, he turned a, a runner, a le a Arian Foster. There we go. He made Arian, Arian Foster, Foster yep. an extremely relevant running back. And obviously Dalvin Cook is better than Arian Foster. So my mind extrapolates I I see stars. I'm like, oh my god, Dalvin Cook. <laughs> Now I'm now I'm even madder that I didn't draft him last year because I would I would obviously have him as a keeper this year. True. Damn True. you, pass Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, guys, that is all of our coaching changes. At least currently, eighteen of them. God damn. And like you know when we were when all they were all happening throughout like the off season and free agency was like oh that's crazy that's crazy but then. To realize the number of coaching changes that happen every year is just mind-boggling sometimes. Yeah. Well, as always, thank you for sticking with us, guys. Uh, we will be back next next week, uh, per per the huge. I do believe uh, we're going to, by request, we've been asked to kind of oh. just do a fantasy football 101, like break down some terms. There's plenty of people who want to know more, uh, don't maybe understand some of the things we are saying <laughs> i mean we do throw a lot of terms and acronyms and like what the hell does west coast offense mean like i know like we, you know we've been playing for close to a decade now 
So obviously we've we've all been there, done it t- over and over and over again. But you know, sometimes it's it's good to go back, look at the basics, and then maybe we'll touch on some deeper strategies later on in the episode. And then Evan should be back too. So we'll get his crazy ass wild card takes on. <laughs> I, I can't even. I can't wait to talk about. His goddamn like, wide receivers, zero RB nonsense. He pulls out every goddamn year. Your first wide receiver taken is the second wide receiver on the team that they're on. Yeah. <laughs> oh god, oh, my man. As always, you can find us at fourthanddirty.com as well as Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Fourth and Dirty. Adam, where can we find you at, baby? You find me both on Twitter and Gram, both handles Atom one two four one. Oh, yeah. And you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Jesse Madonna, at Madonna Jesse. I think Madonna Jesse's Twitter. I believe. I believe that's. I believe that's. I think I finally figured it out the other day. All right, guys. Thank you so much for sticking with us. We will be back next week. All right. See you. Bye. Bye.